Welcome to the Kelly Cardenas Podcast, where attitude is everything. On today's show, I have to apologize right off the bat because over the summer, we had scheduled. I was so excited to be able to spend time. Um, this one was is going to be for every one of you out there listening, but it's mainly for me. Um, this is a, a friend of mine that I've had for over 30 years. You cannot replay these kind of things. And we, we talk about this concept all the time, which is be kind, be of contribution to everyone, make friends because you, that, that way you don't have to be good at anything. You could allow your friends to be good at whatever it is that they do. And then you just show up. And the last one is just to stay curious. And this guy has kept me curious for 30 years. Now him and I haven't got a chance to connect and it's probably been 25 years since we've actually talked, but right when we got on the call, um, right when we got on video, it was right like we had just where we had left off 25 years ago. I was always uh, enamored by this guy growing up and in high school because he seemed to have things together that all the rest of us knuckleheads in Lompoc, California didn't have together. He had a little bit more vision than we had. I was thinking about how I was going to uh, sell off my free lunch tickets, and he was thinking about his future. He was thinking about not only where he wanted to go, but also the things that he didn't want to uh, uh, be locked into in our small town of Lompoc. And it's amazing to be able to see the accolades that he has is off the charts. I mean, from master's degree to doctorate degree to serving in the military uh, to working in the uh, in the fire field for over 29 years. He's going to be retiring at the early age of 48. We all need to learn from this man. And I just think that is absolutely amazing. And it's my honor to be able to call him Dr. Kerry Waddell. Thank you so much for being on the show, brother. Hey, Kelly. It's a plum pleasing pleasure to be here with you. And also to catch up, you know, I've been following you as well. You know, the good thing about social media is we're always able to see what everybody's doing. We not be able to comment or talk all the time, but we do see what, you know, what's going on in our lives at certain times. And it's just been a, a blast. I remember your first salon opening up and then you open up a second one and a third one. And you, I remember the one in Vegas when you showed the pictures of what it's going to look like. So, I mean, you've just been an inspiration, you know, just watching you. Um, I think I recall a couple of weeks, actually maybe a couple of months ago, you know, Forbes 500 or Forbes 100, correct me if I'm wrong, but that's just amazing. Well, I thank That's you, man. That's just amazing. I, I, I appreciate it, and it's it's been incredible. We come from this little town of Lompoc, and I, I've wanted to <laughs> all the time, like with the with the podcast, there was, I mean, number one, it's about my kids, right? That's the reason why I want to do it. But the, but the other part for me that was so very important was to take Lompoc and for people to understand what Lompoc was because the, the connection point that we all have, I mean – I still hang out with the same guys that, that I went to fourth grade with. And yes. can you talk to us a little bit about that town? It's only 35,000 people. It's in central California. Um, I think one of the greatest incubators for people and for friends and for, I mean, to see the people that came out of this town, Carrie, why is it that Lompoc is so special? Oh, I can I can go on about why Lompoc is so special. And we just can't talk about Lompoc. We have to talk about Vandenberg Air Force Base. We also have to talk about, you know, Vandenberg Village. And, you know, um, it was just a small town. You know, we grew up at, you know, being a child of, of a, uh, a parent in the military. My mom was in the military. You know, we knew that if we got in trouble, it was a possibility that our parents got in trouble. But you know, um, 
Lompoc, Vanberg Village, San Maria, Vanberg Air Force Base. It's it's like a Mayberry. You know, it's honest to goodness, it's really like Mayberry because one, you know, if you moved around, like for instance, when I was in, in uh, at Vanberg, I went to Crestview. I went to Las Padres. I went to Vanberg Middle School. I went to Cabrillo freshman year. And it's amazing that we still have those friendships from, you know, that from all those years ago. I mean, you know, when you talk about the people that come out of Lompoc, I mean, the Donald Willis, the Napoleon Kaufmans, the Kelly Cardenases, the Rob Cardenases, I mean, the Donald Lindsays, I mean, you know, Eric Strickland, I mean, there's just a lot of talent, you know, the Joaquin Harris's, I mean, I mean, the, the names can go on and on and on, you know, um, but when I think of Lompoc, I just think of that small town feel where, you know, it was safe, you know, we, we, we got, sure, we got in our mischief because we were young, but at the same time, um, it's just a small town feel, that Mayberry feel, and we actually grew up together, I mean, I know I can call anybody from that era. You know, you'd mentioned that you still talk to people from fourth grade. I remember, you know, you're a year younger than than I am, but we all hung out the same. You know, you were the eighth grade. I left my ninth grade year, but we all stayed in touch. You know, it's amazing to watch or it's amazing to see the Facebook photos of, of Dale and Will and all the guys, Andy, you know. What's funny about Dale, and I still remember it, I hope I don't, I still remember, you know, when, when him and, and Shauna first met, you know, I remember Dale being so tall in the eighth grade, but it's just, we have these friendships for life, you know, and we actually got to go down to the uh, 25 year reunion and it was amazing. We did like a, a class of 91, 92 and, you know, all of us just to get together, it was just like we had it skipped a beat, you know. Yes, life, you know, life happens and we go through our trials and tribulations. But when we go all get together, it's just like we're all those young teenagers again. So, Carrie, how is it, too, that, you know, like how much of an impact did that have, that foundation um, have on you? I mean, because you, you jumped to the stratosphere. And what I love about it is it wasn't this, like, this one thing that happened. I mean, you went into the military, you got into the, the, uh, the, uh, fire department, you know, fire aspect and you continued, you had several promotions. You just, you continued that steady growth all the way through. How much of an impact of your friends from a very early age did it have on you to be able to know that it was possible for you to accomplish the things that you have? Oh, I can tell you there's a couple of names that I'd love to bring up. Uh, Mr. Barksdale. Mr. Barksdale, 20 push-ups. I mean, he just, you know, our basketball coach, um, some of the teachers. Um, I remember one teacher, what, Carrie, what do you want to do with your life? Do you want to be the cool fool or do you want to be uh, inspirational or do you want to be a role model to others? Um, now, did you think, my, I mean, I, did you think Carrie too, when you were, when you were growing up, I mean, we're in Lompoc, 35,000 people. I mean, when we take it down to Vandenberg, uh, Vandenberg air force base, we're taking it down even smaller, probably about 5,000 yes. people. We're riding our bikes everywhere, getting in mission, going to the youth center, the whole nine. Yes. Did you ever think that number one, 
the, the military would take you all over the world and then you would find this passion in the fire aspect that you just continued. I mean, dude, you've got some of the highest honors uh, in the whole industry. And I mean, is, did, were you thinking about that as a young kid or did someone smack you upside the head at one point and say like, let's get this thing together? Absolutely not. I had no idea of being a firefighter, um, you know, Growing up in the military, I remember watching my mom wear her blues to work every day. So I wanted a job in the Air Force that I would wear my blues, you know, the light blue, light blue shirt or a long blue uh, shirt with the tie, you know, that's what I want to do. My mom can tell you a funny story. I was in basic training and uh, they post the, your jobs up on the wall. And I called mom, I was disappointed and I said, mom, I'm going to be a firefighter because I want to work in like, you know, personnel and, and things of that nature. You know, I did, I did not want to be a firefighter, you know, but my mom told me, son, that career field is going to take care of you for the rest of your life. And it truly has. I did four years in the Air Force and then um, I went down to Fort Bliss, Texas to start my career and it's just been a great ride. It's it's been a great ride and you know you you talked about you know people that had had an impact on me. You know, I think of guys like the Joaquin Harris's, the positivity you know that he exuded and he still does to this day. Nothing's changed from walk from when we were all growing up to today. You know, um I think about Mrs. Ricks you know, English teacher. And I, I wish I could get a hold of her or, you know, no sad, but she could be gone. But, you know, she was she was instrumental, you know, in who I am today, believe it or not, because they're educators and they're preparing us for the future. Um, Mrs. Boyd, you know, you had Mrs. King. I mean, I, I'm just naming several um, Mr. Williams at, at uh, Crestview. I mean, a lot of teachers just really, and like I, I can't say enough about Coach Barksdale. I mean, you know, JB and Aaron, and you know, we we kind of looked up. Like even, you know, I was, I was, uh, your brother had posted something a while back, and he's he'll always be the QB to me. <laughs> you know, and I remember one of the greatest stories ever. Um, you know, Pop Warner sports, you know, that was a great thing about, about, um, you know, growing up in that area, you know, it was always, you know, long Pop Warner, Bamberg versus Lompoc or Cabrillo versus Lompoc or, you know, we just had those rivalries, but we're also good friends. And um, just, I would just say that just living in, in that safe environment, you know, because it was safe there. You know, you had some some people tr that tried to be bad, but they weren't really bad. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, Carrie, I think one of the coolest things, too, is when I see you, or whether it be through LinkedIn or social media or anywhere, um, I see the leadership aspect of you. It's not that you're trying to force it. I mean, you just are leadership. And, you know, the way in which you talk about other people, the way in which you're lifting people up, the, the things that you've been able to do, can you talk to us about being a firefighter and how much that had an impact on leadership and what it taught you about leadership and how to be able to, I mean, because for me, like if a person out there 
is thinking about studying leadership, I believe that they should spend time with you. Um, and it not just be in a principle base that you're going to give them and you need to do these five stages. I'm just saying, guys, check out Carrie, Dr. Carrie Waddell's life. That is leadership. How much did being a fire, firefighter help you with leadership and then take it back even into uh, when you were four years in the military? Talk to us about that and how that formed that leadership mentality. Well, the greatest, as I move through the ranks, you know, from the firefighter, because I said that my career started as a firefighter in 1992, and I'm still doing it. And the greatest, as a leader today, am I the leader that Firefighter Waddell would want to work for? You know, also another thing about leadership was I love to read. And one of Colin Powell's uh, quotes was, being a leader isn't popular. Sometimes you have to make those hard decisions. But at the end of the day, what was the impact over the, over the organization? You know, um, leadership in, in sports, you know, team sports. You know, you can, <laughs> I remember, and, you know, I was never a starter. You know, I always came off the bench. But I, I remember that uh, the coaches would put me in at the, at the end of the game because they knew that I was going to go 100, you know. And I hate to say this, but I was called Mr. Hack a lot sometimes because I get you. <laughs> you know, we could be down 20, 20, 20 points. The coach would put me in because not that I would give a hard foul, but I played with heart. And when you have heart, that's what inspires me to be a better leader and, and just in everything that I do, whether it's personal, professional, it, it's just what I live, what I strive to be every day. Every day is process improvement. You know, you call me Dr. Waddell and people talk about the accolades, but every day is a process improvement. You know, we talked about my plans for after retirement, you know, every day is is a is a is it's just a day of improvement what can you do better how can you be better whether it's for your family whether it's on the job and when you take those things into consideration that's what develops leadership carrie talk to us about mom because you were talking about you know seeing your mom in the in the military um seeing that example Obviously, she laid a phenomenal foundation for her son to be able to have a launch pad to go into the stratosphere, right? Can you yes. talk to us about young Carrie and some of the things, some of the lessons that mom was teaching you, whether it be through what she was saying or what you were seeing? I remember my mom worked public affairs, civilian personnel. In those days, it was called uh, CBPO. And she also worked, she was all, she was an officer in, in the United States Air Force at Vandenberg. And one of the things that, and I think you're, we, we're cut from the same cloth because, you know, your, your dad has some great, great quotes that you've posted and shared with us. It's customer service. Everybody's a customer and you treat everybody with respect in regards to what rank they are. And I remember, you know, being eight, nine years old, and my mom and I, we'd probably be walking through the BX or walking through. Technical difficulties. Oh, we got you Can back. you hear me? We're good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got you. Okay. So 
you know, always impatient, you know. Um, my mom would stop and talk to everybody. And, you know, you're trying to go home because you're trying to go you ride your bike, go hang out with your friends. You don't want to listen to two adults or three adults talk. But my mom really showed me at a young age is it's all about relationship building. Mm. Building that rapport with people. You know, you don't want to be that person to walk in a room where, oh, here comes that guy. So my mom really taught me to be personable during those early years. You know, you're never too busy to stop and talk to someone. You know, on my business card today, at the bottom of my business card, one of my, my quote is, customer service is our business. Customer service is our business, no matter who it is, you know. Um, so I think that's the greatest lesson that my mom taught me was to stop and talk to people, get to know people. You know, I remember, you know, being young, 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 um, airmen, young military, you know, they're away from home. And I remember Thanksgiving having, and you probably grew up with it, having your, your dad probably had people over to the house for Thanksgiving, Christmas dinners. You know, because it's when you're in the military and you're away from home and you're living in the barracks, you know, who wants to eat chow hall? Uh, there's nothing like a home-cooked meal. So my mom also, you know, showed me how to open up your home to the less fortunate and make everybody feel a family. And we talked about that family atmosphere of, of Vandenberg and Lompoc and, and those areas. So I think that's the biggest thing that my mom really instilled in me is being able to communicate with people and listen. Hey, Carrie, I think one of the things that, that has been uh, something I haven't got a chance to talk to or talk about as much because I don't have people that understand it. You understand it. Coming from Lompoc and coming from Vandenberg Air Force Base, growing up as a military brat, we were off base. You were on base. Am I correct? You, you lived on base or did you live off base housing? I lived on base for a while. Okay, so you you were one of the rich ones then, because uh, we lived in <laughs> off base uh, off base housing. We were over there near uh, you know Los Padres and everything like that. But when when we were there, uh, when I try and explain this to people that didn't grow up in it, they they kind of don't understand. Number one, the military. The military is probably the best melting pot in the whole entire world. And if you get a chance or you're thinking about going into the military, it's not just about the job. It's about forming your mind, helping your mindset to go to a different level. The second one was the fact that we were in such a small town, right? But let's talk about the fact that we grew up with every single race that you could possibly think of. And every race that we had was also mixed. So you had <laughs> black, white, Mexican, Japanese, yes. Chinese, Korean, but then you had Korean and black together. You had Japanese and black together. You had white and Mexican together. You had all these things. So talk to us about the importance of that and how it was able to help you to be able to connect on the level in which you do now. Cause when you go and speak and Kerry speaks all, uh, you know, all over the country and he's going to be speaking all over the world. When you do connecting with your audience is so important and your audience is made up of people who don't look like you. How important was that growing up in that environment? And let's talk about some of the effects that it had. It was instrumental. I mean, just growing up in California in general, because, you know, we listened to all kinds of music. I remember listening to heavy metal rap, you know, Back in those days, you also listened to what your parents listened to, like the Shy Days and the Luther Vandrosses and all those. But 
to get back on, on, on target about the diversity and, you know, the military, it is a, it is a melting pot. And, you know, the beautiful thing about that time and living on Vandenberg was the real, I really felt no racism. We were all kids just having a good time. We want to ride our BMXs, you know, we want to, to pop and lock. We want to windmill. We just, you know, play sports, all those things. So, um, the, the, just growing up with the diversity that we did, I think that also shaped me to understand other people. So, um, just, yeah, the, the diversity of everyone, it, it just really, and I think it forms who we are as adults now, you know, I mean, I didn't grow, you know, when I go to the East coast, where are you from? <laughs> you know, I'm from California. Well, you don't, you don't seem like you're from, from, you know, like the East coast or, or South or anywhere. I think that growing up in California, cause we do have such almost like New York, you have such a melting pot of, of ethnicities and, and backgrounds. And, you know, another thing is when we play sports together, you know, there is, there is, and we talked about off, uh, off topics, but there is no racism in sports. We're all teammates, you know, we we practice together we 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 grind together we we it's game time you know we do all these things and you know just growing up and like i said i was fortunate to go to multiple schools you know when you say that i went to las padres i went to crestview then vandenberg middle school and then cabrillo you know i knew a lot of people you know especially once we got into high school um which was kind of tough because you know we formed these relationships and you probably went through it, you know, from elementary school to, to middle school. And then you get to high school and then everybody kind of starts going in, in their directions. You know, my path was sports, you know, I want to be the, it's somewhat a little bit of dancing and, and playing chess. Those, those are my things, you know, that I enjoyed doing. Um, after my mom got out of the military, we went down to, we moved down to Canola Park, Southern California, which was an experience because, you know, you really take for granted Dodd schools, you know, because when I was in a Dodd school or going to school on, on the base, classes are small, you know, about 20 people. But when you start going, it's a big difference going to public school because I talked about the racism and it's there honest to goodness and it's, it's it's a shame but it's there you know um but growing up at Vanberg and growing up in that area I never experienced it until I went to public school which was sad you know so but just growing up in the area like you know I mean we had all the races there and and it's just beautiful I mean we're just like I said we're a Mayberry you know, don't get in trouble because most likely if you got in trouble, they know your, your parents. <laughs> <laughs> they're going to be able to call them right away. It isn't going to be like, yes. you know, they're going to have to figure them out, send an email. They, they were showing up at the house. And a lot of times our dads, you know, our dads or our moms would get in trouble at their work if... You know, if you were acting a fool, like I remember my buddy, Dave, you remember Dave Jansen, he's on his way down. He's on his way down today. He's going to be hanging out with me. And, um, for those of you listening, Dave, Dave's my best friend and and he has been, uh, we've been friends since, uh, sixth grade. And, Mm um, he, he, he did some dirt, uh, you know, just some funny stuff as a kid and his, his pop, 
you know, was in law enforcement on the base and his pop got called in and, you know, it's like he was getting the whooping for getting in trouble, but he was getting in the whoop, uh, getting a whooping because his dad was getting in trouble for that. Yeah. Let's, let's, let's take this to, I've always been like taken back. And I know that every woman out there listening, uh, carry, uh, 50% of our audience is, is women. So women, you know that you love firefighters. <laughs> Everyone has it, but I've been so like blown away because it's that 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 man, you know what I'm saying? Like that you have to have leadership because when you have leadership, when you don't have leadership, when you're going in to fight a fire, um <laughs> things aren't it's not like you can, oh, I'm learning my sometimes you might learn your lesson by not waking up the next morning. Can you Very talk true. to us about being a firefighter, some of the things that you went through? And I want to talk about your first time that you actually fought one because it's all good to train and to do all the stuff. And then it gets real. Can you talk about that? Absolutely. Um, well, first of all, the training and, and just building that teamwork within the fire station is what transcends into the the fire ground. And I remember my first fire, it was actually a car fire. It was a car fire um, when I was a civilian because in the military, believe not, um, I was stationed at Harlem in New Mexico and we had a stealth catch on fire. And to save a, a F-117 was huge. But you just rely on your teammates, just like I was talking about sports. You know, we rely on each other. You know, we're, we're moving people in the right places and um, your adrenaline's, you know, your adrenaline's going, um, because you know you're there to save that property or even save someone's life. I mean, um, when you think about old fire chiefs that I've worked with, they always talk about when it's your time, and they always talk about what my eyes have seen. You know, I remember one of my calls that, you know, you you it was at a chow hall. And it was my first day as a leader on a fire truck, you know, and the bells ring. We all get on the on the truck and we respond. And it was just someone having the seizures, right? But it turned out to be a CPR call in progress. By the, When we got there, CPR was in progress and we had to take over. And the beautiful thing was we saved that person's life with our quick action. So, um, then you know like a, a car fire somebody's property you know um saving an airplane you know when you think about a, a f-117 the cost of the f-117 i'm sure you're probably going to google it when we get off the phone <laughs> no but, tell me now know. like tell me now what well around about i'm not saying how much exactly but carrie but people that are listening you you glazed over it quickly but you said stealth bomber and yes. you said f-117 what are we talking about, about costs to our country and to, you know, that, that you're, that you're saving at that point? What do you think? At, at least, at least over a hundred mil. Yes. When you talk about the upkeep, the facilities, you know, maintain the aircraft easily, easily over a hundred mil. Wow. Did, did you ask and, him afterwards? Did you ask him afterwards? Like, since I saved this, can you break me off just a little extra? <laughs> <laughs> Just doing my job. That's amazing, man. Can you talk nice. to the young firefighters out there too? Because I, uh, what I love oh. about what I love about you, Carrie, is how 
amazingly adjusted and humble you have been, but there's so many firefighters out there that stuff things down, right? So you, you're dealing with death. You're dealing with, you know, sometimes like crazy injuries. You're seeing this stuff. And I've asked my firefighter friends, how do you deal with it? And a lot of them are like, you know, some of them come from the old school and they're like, I just kind of pack it down. It just becomes not normal, but you know, it's not something. How do you deal with that in a healthy way? And can you talk to the young firefighters that are maybe going into it or dealing with it right now? Talk to your peers. You know, everybody wants to be macho and, you know, it's okay to show weakness if you need help. Ask for help, whether you want to go see a, a chaplain. You know, we have critical incident stress management programs. Um, talk to your supervisors. Talk to your peers because, you know, they understand what you're going through. Most likely, they were on the call with you. But my my thing is is do not feel like you have to hold it in because that leads, if you feel like you have to hold it in, what are your coping mechanisms? You know, for me, I think a great coping mechanism would be to go to go work out, you know, listen to some old school hip hop because, you know, I, I still love my old school hip hop. So, you know, that's a way, you know, don't, you know, some people will, it, it's sad, you know, alcohol abuse it's there that's how people cope with it but we got to cope with it in a healthy way and the best way to cope with cope with in a healthy way is to communicate about it because if you know when you're able to vent and you're able to talk things out you feel better so never be afraid to talk about what's on your mind if something affects you i remember um one call it was early in my career down in texas it was a contractor, and this is going to sound kind of graphic, but he was changing a tire on, on, a, on a truck, and a crowbar went right through his throat. I, I, that's, I know that's graphic, but I was on that call, and it was, we were just a crew of four, and it was important for us to make sure the crew chief at the time, I mean, hey, are you guys all right, you know, communicating. It got to a point he asked us if we're all right to where, stop it, we're all, we're okay. But as a leader, we have to be able to, to let our people know no matter what it is to, to go ahead and discuss to get it out because holding it in or, or, or going to things that are destructive, that's not the answer. The answer is communicating what you went through because uh, that's just the best way to cope with it. So, Carrie, how can you make talking about it and and working through it, how can you make that cool? Because when I say this, firefighters are cool. Like, if you're a firefighter, you're cool. If a, if you're a firefighter, you're a man. Like, you're a man. I'm not getting down on the women who are in it either. I mean, but when you think about a firefighting man, you just think, wow, okay, you're strong. You, you know, nothing could touch you. You're invincible, all these things. How can you, as you move forward, to this younger generation, because we were right on the cusp of the generation of like, I'll teach you how to get better, smack you upside the head, and that'll make you better. We grew up kind of like right on the cusp of that generation, right? Then we came into, you know, we started to talk about it a little bit. Now my kids are like, I mean, my daughter told me the other day, my pa my pops passed away just a couple of days ago. Yeah. And 
she talked to me and she was like, dad, we need to talk about it. Um, you need to talk about it and not push it down like you did uh, with, with, with uh, Grammy, who was my mom that passed away three years ago. And so that generation is all about communication, is all about talking, all this stuff. But we have most of the leaders in this world right now come from a generation or, or right on the cusp of the generation that told you, you need to buck up, push through it, yep. push it down, get it out of the way. How can we make that cool, Carrie? Just, just talking about it. The way we make that cool is it's okay to, to show a sensitive side. It's okay. If something's bothering you, it's okay to communicate it. Um, we we talked about earlier. We talked about social media and and technology. Well, guess what? Technology is there. I mean, I'm, where are you right now? I'm in uh, Carlsbad, California, right next to heaven. You're in Carlsbad, and I'm in Elk Grove, right? So there's there's. I think technology is great, but at the same time, that face-to-face -face communication, you know, being able to look in somebody's eyes and read their body languages, like we're on video call, so you see me, so you can ask me a question and I can answer you or vice versa, and you can read my body language, but in a text message, an email, those things, you just, so in my opinion, you got to you gotta get back to the face face-to-face -face communication where you're able to, I can look at you in your eyes right now, Kelly, and look at you. And you can look at me in my eyes right now. And, and that's where we need to get back to. Stop, you know, be, stop texting, stop emailing, stop messaging. You know, if even if you can't be face-to-face, -face, pick up the phone, call someone. Just pick up the phone. You know, I have a, I have a, I really try my best to use technology to stay in touch with people because you never want to be that guy that only Kelly I'm only calling you because I, I need something from you I'm calling you just to check up on you so it's all about communication and and getting away from the messaging and the emails pick up the phone and we have zoom now we have so many platforms that we can use to have that face-to-face -face interaction even though we're not physically together so, so how, that's what I would tell the well, Carrie. How can how can we how can we bridge these gaps of you know again growing up with us? If you were a leader, I mean, you're you're a leader at a high high level, Carrie. I have to call mm -hmm. you doctor now. You know what I'm saying? Nah, like, I'm still Carrie. <laughs> I'm just joking with you. So, but I'm still going to call you doctor because I love that man. So, being at the level that you are. A lot of times people are afraid to show any vulnerability because they see it as weakness. And if they think that people see weakness, they won't be able to lead them. Can you talk to that? Absolutely. I think being a, a leader is, is showing humility. Hmm. You know, just because I may be Dr. Terry D. Waddell, I don't have all the answers. But I know, to, you know, I know where to go for the answers. I know people who I can call to get those answers. If I want to know about... You know, let's say I want to open up a barbershop. Guess who I'm calling? I'm calling Kelly Cardenas, you know, because you've been down those roads. So I think, you know, just information sharing um, 
And the higher you go, you just still have to be humble to know that every day is every day you're learning. You know, when you start saying that I know everything, then maybe you should change career fields. And that's anything that you do. It doesn't matter what industry you're in. If you feel like you know it all, then you you need to reassess yourself. So for me as a leader and moving through the ranks, like I said before, me and my one of my best friends since nineteen ninety two. You know, we talk about being the leader that, you know, Firefighter Waddell wants to work for. Mm. You know, when you walk in a room, you know, you don't want to just suck the air out of a room. You want to bring life in the room. You know, you want to come in the room, how you're doing, smiling, you know, be that energy. I mean, you don't want to be obnoxiously with that energy, but you want to bring in a positive energy, positive aura into the room. So talk to and that's us. what transcends the leadership too. Absolutely. So, uh, Carrie, talk to us too about like, I mean, obviously there's leading in the workplace, then there's leading in the home and your kids are so, so very important. And what I love about it is no matter what it is that you do and all the accolades, which when I say them, you're okay. Like I could brag about you, Carrie, you're my buddy. And you know, so I could brag about all those things. I never see you bragging. I never see you doing that. But I do see you putting your kids ahead of all those things. How have you been able to keep that in line? Because most of the time, and this is what I hear all all the time, especially in the entrepreneurial space, is I'm going to go out and I'm going to do all these things. And I'm doing them for my family. And my brother told me one time, he said, no, you're not. You're doing them for you. If you were doing it for your family, then you would wrap your whole life around your family, your business around your family, and everything else would succeed. But you're out there trying to, and he was talking to me, he said, you're out there trying to accomplish as opposed to accept the greatness that is already there. And mm. so you are not doing that for your kids. You're doing that for your own ego. How have you been able to keep it so in line? And why didn't you tell me about this earlier? Because it would have helped me a lot in my career. <laughs> You know what? I think that comes with age, honestly. Because you know we're we're older now, and when you're younger, you're grinding. I remember, you know, before I had a family, I used to always say, "I'm grinding for my future family." The higher I can go, move through the ranks in the fire service, I'm preparing for my future family. That's what I'm doing. Um, it's all about balance. You know, I'm talking about retirement. You know. You, I've worked through the ranks. There's been sacrifices there, but I see it like this: as I go, the family goes, and you're able to provide a better quality of life. All the things that you may not have had when you were growing up, you're able to provide for your children, and then you're showing your children that they can provide because you just want your children to be better than you. And at the end of the day, guess what? Jobs come and go, titles come and go. You know, I'm Chief Waddell today. You know, but I'm always going to be dad or grandpa down the line, you know, and those are the best titles in the world. Those are the best positions to be in is to have those titles of, of dad and dada and daddy and all those things. And it's just about balance, you know. Um, I, I uh, you, you hit me with that one because, you know, in my bio, I talk about regardless of any accolades or accomplishments my children are my heart, you know, they're, they give me my purpose. And 
they they need me and that's one of the things i'm looking forward to retiring is you know that's one thing in the fire service that people don't realize is the fact that you know when you're on shift you know i'm a i work a Monday through friday schedule but we have we have you know mutual friends who are still who ride who are operations you know they're away from their families you know 48 hours they miss the the dances or the practices or the games because of work you know um but you do that to provide a, a quality of life for your family and it's just it's it's a balance it's it's a it's a balance because you know like i said before i was hungry you know back in the day in the early 90s michael jordan was the man and when i started my civil service career back in 1996 i said i want to be the michael jordan of the fire service i mean i wanted to be promotable and i wanted to be marketable and 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 that came with the cost you know you know going to school and you know always in front of my computer when i could have just been playing checkers with 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 my daughter you know so you just have to it has to be a balance and and also what else also is key is having a, a great partner that understands that what your grind is your grind sure you may you may be rewarded for your grind the fruits of your labor but at the same time why are you doing it it's for your family it's to be that provider because that's our role as our as as men in our households we want to be those that provider but you know you just can't be a financial provider you got to be that spiritual provider you got to be that soul provider i mean you got to be that that nurturer too and so you just have to have that balance it balances everything you know not that i'm a little bit older i'm not grinding like i used to be you, you know one of my favorite quotes and i i tell everybody this and anybody that knows me every day is an interview for your next opportunity every day is an interview for your next opportunity because you never know who's who's watching you who's top you know people are watching you whether you believe it or not um, one of my old fire captains, he used to have a saying, it may not be mentioned, but nothing goes unnoticed. I mean, those are those little nuggets that of leadership that I've actually put in my toolbox. So it's all about balance because, you know, the job, the job is going to be there. You know what? If you have a, now I'm going to reverse the roles here. You have a manager vacancy. You're going to, you're going to announce it. You may promote within, but guess what? The manager may have left for bigger and better things, but guess what you're going to do? You're going to start looking for the next person to fill that, that manager spot for your for one of your salons. We're all replaceable, but we're not replaceable with our families. Carrie, tell me about, you just, you just went through it and it was a bomb that you dropped, which was <laughs> to be promotable and to be marketable. Most people don't, think about that when you're thinking in the fire service, because, mm -hmm. you know, like maybe, maybe a person would think, Oh, I want to be promotable or I want to be marketable and I'm selling something. I'm selling cars. I'm selling houses. Um, I'm doing really whatever it is. Can you dive into that, the promotable and marketable and why that's so important? Oh, it's very important. Um, I learned this very early in my career. And anybody that has worked with me, they, they'll tell you, Waddell has a, a saying, you never want to hear, we like you, but. Mm. 
we like you, but I remember one time it was, or oh, you're too young, or you don't have enough experience, or you don't have enough education. So those are the things that drove me to do more and to be more. And I just never wanted to hear again, well, we like you, but I just wanted to take that out of the equation. Come up, come up with something else to say that I'm not, you know, good enough to for that next promotion, you know. And then that's when I remember back in 2007, I was going on a road trip. And I was suited and booted. I mean, I had a suit. I mean, I had my Stacey Adams on. I was, I was looking sharp, right? <laughs> and my peers, they said, they said, and this was in 2007, and my peers said, wow, where are you going? Because remember back in the old days, whenever you flew, you flew in the nines. You know, you dressed up to fly. You know, now when I fly, I just wear some sweatpants, some sneaks, uh, a hoodie, you know, just, just want to be comfortable. Maybe even wear some Crocs since we have to take off our shoes. You know the drill. <laughs> but the it, it was always mark, being marketable and promotable. It, 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 it's what gave me that drive. And, you know, having, having, you know, you feel rejected. And that's where, and I go back to the story of saying my peer said, wow, you're looking sharp. Where are you going? I said, every day, is an inter- every day is an interview. And then a couple years later, that's when I added the, for the next opportunity. Because sometimes, and I'm sure you know this very well yourself, sometimes opportunity comes from who people you know because they talk about you. You know, they talk about you. So being marketable, that falls into being marketable. You know, are you, are you, what is your reputation in in your industry you know um honestly and this is gonna sound crazy but i feel in a way i have you know accomplished my goal of being per se like the michael jordan in in the fire service because and and another quote that i have for you and oh man you got me fired up but another one i have for you is never underestimate the power of indirect influence you know, because, you know, I see your posts. You you may, people may, may not reach out to you all the time or they may not reach out to me, but you inspire people or we inspire people that they can be more and do more. We talk about coming from a little town, you know, and we're known worldwide. Who would have thought when we were playing ping pong, you know, at the youth center, you know, or playing basketball or, or, you know, having break dancing contests that in 2021, I'd be on your podcast. Who would have thought? Carrie, talk to the young kids out there that, you know, uh, not only the kids in Lompoc, but uh, we, I want to target them uh, because, yes. you know, I want people to understand that, Becoming the carry of the world doesn't come overnight. And when we when we came up with the, the title Purification by Fire, the fire service over 29 years has created so much purification in who you are and what you do, but it was not overnight. It was the little things that you did. It was the, I mean, the attitude that you took into school, into, uh, you know, um, 
when you were talking about not starting. I remember those times of not for, <laughs> for myself too. And it's like, but you took the attitude of when you took the court, no matter what it was, you were going to go a hundred. Can you talk like, can you talk to the kids out there that are thinking, man, they're, they're in this hustle. My, my wife calls it and hopefully someone doesn't quote me in this, just soundbite me, but she calls <laughs> it, she calls it hustle porn. And what she means by that is that you're seeing these things on Instagram, you're seeing them on Facebook, you're seeing them all, all over, that if you just do this, bang, it's going to happen. You are an example that it doesn't bang have to happen 29 years, but look at it. At 48 years old, you're about to retire. This is amazing. But can you talk to the kids about that and how the, the, the short term is not always the answer? The short term. Everything is done at the individual's pace. And you have to live to your standard. And we all make mistakes in life. But the key is to learn from them, not make them again. So I would say, you know, when, 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 when things go, oops, excuse me. That's okay. Hold on. My, my earbuds going out. Let me go ahead and change real quick. Okay. okay. No problem. And now I'll come back and answer that question. Okay. So while he's getting, uh, while he's getting set up guys, when the reason why I ask these questions about Lompoc is because I come from a town of 35,000. I come from a town, a uh, little, even smaller, little pockets. And when I say Lompoc, a lot of times we lived in the Vandenberg village. We lived on, on base, um, you know, Vandenberg air force base. And if you're from there, a shout out to that part of it. But what I want you to realize is that, you know, it's not about the, the, the place where you came. It's, it's about changing your mindset, about having a little bit different attitude. I was very fortunate from a very young age that I had my parents, and they were telling me from three things over and over and over again. And the three things always that my parents were telling me from the very beginning were, you're awesome, that you are not your accomplishments. Number two, you're beautiful, that you don't have to uh, uh, compare yourself to anybody else. And number three, which was, I think, one of the most important, was that you can do anything that you put your mind to, although just because you could do it doesn't make it your purpose. And I remember one time my brother, my mom uh, got called to the table on this a little bit, but my brother went to school and he said that uh, he had mentioned to his teacher that he wanted to be a quarterback. And uh, uh, I think it was second or third grade, and the teacher said to him, you're too small, you need to think about another position, there's no way you're going to be able to do that. My mom showed up to that school that night and stuck her finger in that teacher's face and said, don't you ever tell my son that he can't do something ever again. The lady never said anything again. My brother continued on. He became a great quarterback. He did all the things. Um, And so, you know, now we have you back, Harry. But I was just, what I was talking about is I want that message to go out to these young kids that they can do, that they can do anything, Right. As long as they're willing to put in the work, but just because that they can do it doesn't make it their purpose. You found your purpose at a very early age, Carrie, and then you worked your purpose. And guess what happened? Awesome things. Magic came into your life. And a lot of people from the outside look at Carrie and say, oh, man, he must have a golden horseshoe. Everything works out for Carrie. I could tell you this. Not everything works out for Carrie, but Carrie worked out everything in his life. Can you talk to that a little bit, Carrie? Absolutely. Um, and before we uh, had 
technical difficulties with no my my AirPods. Um, you you asked me about what I would tell you know the younger generation. Um, learn from your mistakes. It's everybody makes mistakes. Do not try and be perfect because if you try and be perfect, you're gonna set yourself up for failure. Just do the best you can. You know, um, we talk about grades. You know, I remember in, in school. I just wanted to have a 2.0 so I can run track and play football. <laughs> I'm, feeling you, I'm feeling you on that one, man. I was like 1.7. I was like, what can I do to get it to two? What can I get it yep, to two? That's, that's it. But, and, and it's going to, this is going to sound very cliche, but we don't have to be victims of circumstances, you know? We can learn from others and, and just try and be the best versions that we can possibly be. Like I said earlier, you don't have to be perfect. Just do the best you can. And that will carry you through life. Mm. You know, I told you earlier that I remember one of my teachers said, you know, and, and teachers don't, just like you told the, the story about the teacher that told uh, your brother that he can be a quarterback. I remember your brother. I mean, they 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 saw him throw a, a football, and then they threw threw a put a baseball in his hand. <sighs> you know, we we were there. I mean, I was there. I remember the conversation about man, that guy can sling that football. Let's put a baseball, and he was scary on that mound <laughs> throwing that baseball. Absolutely, his curve was no joke. But you know. Sometimes if someone, you know, if you, oh, I just get it, I just get emotional about this because, you know, a lot of people will tell you, you can't do something. And the key is to use that drive to prove them wrong. You know, I haven't, I'm not six feet. I'm five, seven. I'm a short guy, you know, but I have a heart of a lion. And I have a desire just to be the best person I can be. I don't want to be that guy over there. You know, I don't want to be Michael Jordan. I said I want to be like Mike. Markable and promotable. So find your niche. You know, try several different things if you have to. But just be passionate about what you do and love what you do. And that will carry you all the way to retirement if that's what you choose to do. Well, um, it's, it's amazing too, Carrie, because with you, I mean, you're, it's, it's people always said, you know, they would say slow and steady wins the race. But as a young kid, I was always like, man, I don't want to be slow and steady. Like I want to run as fast as I can. And I want to run for like a hundred, like I wasn't even saying a hundred yards. I was saying like 10 yards and then I want the bag. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like I want mm -hmm. the bag now. Yep. I wanted to win Publisher's Clearinghouse now. That instant so, gratification. Exactly. That's where I was living. That's where I was in my head because I was thinking in my head because we grew up, you know, I, I said broke. My parents would get mad at this, but we didn't grow up with, with all the stuff. Mm -hmm. And I wanted it. I want, I thought that if I got that stuff, everything would be okay. And then I found once I got that stuff, I thirsted for riding my bike again. I thirsted for hanging out with my buddy, Will. I thirsted for the things that I <laughs> did when I was broke in the first place. Mm -hmm. can, you, can you talk to us about staying out the hustle, like staying out of that hustle and keeping your mind locked on? I mean, you have a 29-year career 
in the same industry. This is unheard of, Carrie. Unheard of. Mm -hmm. And it's no wonder why you got promoted. It's no wonder why you got your master's. It's no wonder why you got your doctorate. When you look at it, like in the, in the rear view, you're thinking, oh, well, all this stuff makes sense. But when you're going through it like you, how were you able to keep your mind focused on just one foot in front of the other as opposed to the silly guy like me that was like, I want, I want the bag now. I want Ed McMahon to come to my house tonight, and I want him dropping off $10 million. How do you stay in that mentality? The, the, the end goal, you know, I was focused. We talked about our, our kids and our family. You know, it just it was just being focused while I was doing it. Like I like I, anybody that reads a one a bio of mine, it always says that my children give me my purpose. So, finishing a degree, whether it's a bachelor's, master's, or a doctoral degree, or anything, is I want to be that role model for my kids. That if you set your mind to it, you will get there. It may take you longer but you're going to get there as long as you stay focused on the end goal. And that's to finish. It's all about finishing. You never want to start something and not finish. It's all about the finish. Talk to, talk to your firefighters out there. Give them three actionable items right now, especially let's talk to the young ones. Give them three actionable items right now that can give them a long career in what it is that they're doing as opposed to chasing what my dad calls his rabbits. He said, he told me, he said, don't, uh, he said, stop chasing rabbits because he wanted me to stop chasing the things that I thought that I should be going doing as opposed to just accepting what is going on right now. But give us three actionable items for those firefighters. Learn. Appreciate the history. And what can you do to make it better for the next generation after you? Expand on the history part. Help me with the history. Well, with the history, um, believe it or not, even in the fire service, you go to a fire station, um, you know, most of the fire stations were two story. Now they're all, most of them are one story now. Well, they used to have the fire, the fire, firefighter poles. You go to a fire station, and you know the bells come on. The bells come on, and what do you do? You get out of bed and you slide down the pole. But because of safety issues, you know people may twist their ankle or hurt themselves climbing. You know, sliding down the pole, they they abolished them and made most fire stations, you know, one story. But history, I mean, if you look at trends. Um, you think about we have Fire Prevention Week, Miss O'Leary's cow, and, and things of that nature. Um, how can you improve on something if you don't understand the background? You know, if you think about nowadays, if you build a home, guess what the contractor is putting in your home now? Sprinklers. You know, sprinklers. Now, in, in your house, what do you have in every bedroom? A smoke detector. Carbon monoxide detectors because of emergencies in the past, that history, we're able to move into the future to make things safer for the next generation. So when you think about history and traditions, it's very important that we always remember those things. So Carrie, I started the podcast for my kids because I wanted to take iconic figures like yourself. I am, I'm, I'm blown away, man. I love, 
I love watching you on LinkedIn. If you're not on LinkedIn right now and you're listening, get on LinkedIn. It is straight the wild west. It is what social media, honestly, like it's so refreshing because there's not a negative side to LinkedIn. There's only positive. People are building people up. People want to do That's business right. with people. It is the greatest social media channel on the planet is LinkedIn. But most people think of it as, you know, oh, it's just business. It's not as exciting. It is. But I love watching you on LinkedIn because I love to be able to see how you promote other people, how you talk about other people, how you lift people up. And just by being Dr. Kerry Waddell from Lompoc, California, even more yes. specific, Vandenberg Air Force Base, because Lompoc, you can't take credit for this one. <laughs> but seeing you do the things that you have is not as important to me as seeing the person that you are while you're doing them. But I wanted to take iconic people like yourself and I wanted to show my kids that anything is possible, that anything is possible as long as you have the right attitude and the right work ethic. And I wanted to show them that Dr. Kerry Waddell, this did not happen overnight. He is not a superhero, that he is a human being with a phenomenal attitude, immense work ethic, and to show you, Maddox and McKenna, that you could do anything. So what advice would you have for Maddox and McKenna? Maddox is 10 years old. He's just a, a fireball of life joy. He loves everything. He wakes up out of bed, says, I did it. And I ask him why he said that. He said, because I woke up. Uh, my daughter has the biggest heart. She is an artist. She loves. She has the most amazing uh, uh, sense of humor of, like that you could think of. She's, uh, he's 10. She's 13. Dr. Carrie Waddell from Vandenberg Air Force Base, what advice would you have for Maddox and McKenna? And if he could use both of their names, it would be amazing. Maddox and McKenna, what I would tell you is enjoy being a kid. Enjoy riding your bike. Enjoy playing, you know, team sports. Enjoy going to school because those are lifetime memories. Um, if you enjoy, put down the, the games and the cell phones and go outside and play. You know, um, those would be my words. It's just enjoy being a kid. Don't grow up too fast. You got all your life to grow up, but just enjoy every age because you only get to live it once. So 13 on the cusp, of being a teenager, a preteen. Maddox, Kelly, you said 10? 10 years old. 10 years old. Enjoy riding your bicycle and building ramps and, and skateboarding and playing sports. Just enjoy, just, just enjoy every bit of it because before you know it, you'll, you'll be in college, you know, then you'll graduate and then it's all about life, but enjoy being young. Enjoy the fresh air outside. Get outside, go in the backyard and play. Go to the park and play basketball or, or go to the tennis courts, you know. Play sports, team sports, organize sports. Just have fun being a kid. Because I know I had a, a great time being a kid at Vandenberg. 
and being a kid with your dad way back when. Carrie, you have been absolutely phenomenal, man. It is it has exceeded expectation. And even though you gave me a hard time before we started recording, because he asked me, he was like, I got to go way back. And he's like, can you still do the windmill? Um, for those of you out there who know me from fourth grade, if you're listening, I appreciate you. If you if you met me in my professional career, you didn't know that I was a breakdancer back in the day. I had my own breakdancing name. It was Baby Fresh. And I tried to do some... <laughs> To do some break dancing. It was, I told Carrie, it was probably 15 years ago. My brother was like, yo, can you still do it? I was like, I still got it. And I started rolling around like Shamu out of water. And he looked at me and my brother's always pumped me up. He's been my biggest cheerleader. And my brother said, man, I have never been disappointed in you in my life until today. <laughs> and he was like, don't you ever, ever try and do a windmill again. So I will stay away from that. But giving me a hard time like that. But also, too, man, it is so good to see you. Um, you know, it's probably been 25, you. you know, 25, 27 years. When you said 30 years, it probably has been since we've actually talked. But it's incredible because it's like no time has passed. That's right. Your wisdom, who you are, the inspiration that you are, not only to me and to the people that know you and have known you since those times, but the people that are around <laughs> you now and the people that only know you as Dr. Kerry Waddell. Everyone's inspired by you, man. And I just, I want to uh, tell you how much I appreciate you being on the show. Well, I appreciate the opportunity. I'm excited that we finally found the time that our schedules met up. Like I said, everything happens for a reason, you know. I saw your video and, you, you know, next thing you know, we started talking about, hey, I got an opportunity and, you know, I'm just thankful for the opportunity. It was great to chop it up with you a little bit because uh, it, it's always nice to reconnect from from a blast from the past and, and, you know, just continue our friendship through the years. And if I'm ever in Carlsbad or if I, you know, in an area, I want to go take a picture next to, to one of your places because, you know what, um, we're two guys that came from Vandenberg Air Force Base, Lompoc, and look where we are now. And it's just, I'm humbled. I'm, I'm humbled to be on your show right now because, like I said, I've, I've seen your podcasts. I, I've seen your videos. Just like you say that I'm inspiring, you're inspiring because of everything. Because everybody sees Kelly Cardenas, but they don't know what Kelly Cardenas went through to become the Kelly Cardenas today. You know, you're a published author. I bought your book, you know. And it's just, that's what we do. We have to support and love one another. You talked about LinkedIn. Um, you got to celebrate everybody's accomplishments, you know. And I said it's, and I, I really, truly mean it. You know, you can have direct influence on somebody. We can have direct influence on our kids and the choices that they make. But when you have that indirect influence, it's key. So I like to be that positive voice. Um, I, I learned a long time ago, especially in the days of social media now, is don't post anything that will embarrass your family. Don't post anything that you wouldn't want your mother or father to see or your grandma to see. So my posts are always to, to you know, inspire the positivity. Because I, lo I love my quotes. Attitude equals altitude. It's all about your attitude. 
if you have a bad attitude, if you have like slept rock, I know I'm showing my age slept rock. <laughs> you know, you can't be slept rock rolls me. You know, it's not like, you know, life, life is like a box of chocolates. You never know which one you're going to get, but you got to go, you got to get through it. You know, quitting lasts forever. Pain is temporary. What do you want to do? So that's, that's why I try and be that positive force. You know, you can make a post that someone just needs that, that is at that time. And it's right on time in that person's life and you didn't even know it. So never underestimate the power of indirect influence because people are watching us every single day. And if I can pay it forward by being that positive role model for the younger generation, well, then that's what I want to be because I had positive role models when I was growing up. When I think of Mr. Barksdale or, or Mr. Strickland, you know, um, I'm sure I would have said the same thing about Mr. Cardenas, you know, back in the day. Um, but all those people that helped shape us, you know, Mr. Lindsay. I mean, all the, because you, you know what? We didn't get, I'm going to get personal right now. I'm from a single parent home. You know, my mom raised me. And, and, and during the summers, I go visit my grandma, my grandma too. And... And that's what, uh, and I said it earlier today, you don't have to be a victim of your circumstance because you're from a single parent home doesn't mean you can't achieve great things later in life. It's all about what do you want to do? I've always had a chip on my shoulder. You tell me I can't do something, I'm going to prove you wrong. And that's, that's why you have Dr. Carrie D. Waddell here today is because I was told we like you, but, and I never want to hear that again. Well, the whole world is is eagerly awaiting your um, retirement from the fire service, not because the fire service mm -hmm. doesn't need you, is because I can't wait for the companies, the organizations, and the places all over the world that have Dr. Kerry Waddell come in and speak that truth and speak from, you know, uh, not a, a motivational speaker, but an inspirational speaker, because you're That's speaking right. the truth of who you are and you've already lived it. There are so many people out there that are talking about things that they've never done before. And what's great about you, Carrie, is when the retirement happens, and I know it's already in the works now, and he's speaking for our companies anyway, and I know that there's a conference that's coming soon at the end of January that you're already involved with. But the world needs more of the Carries, the Dr. Kerry Waddells of the world, because you're simply going to be talking about what you've done. And I, I, I applaud it, man. I mean, if you're out there listening, if you're watching, you see how handsome this guy is. You see the little gray in his beard, so he's got wisdom, too. Um, but if you're, if you're listening, you're watching, what we want you to do is we want you to check out the sponsors, click the links, do all the things that you know you need to do. But I am going to ask you to, I'm going to ask you to share this episode. I'm going to ask you to share this episode because I think that people need to hear Carrie's voice. They need to hear Dr. Carrie Waddell. They need to hear Carrie, the little kid at Crestview. They need to hear Carrie that was in the Air Force. They need to hear Carrie that has been in the fire service for 29 years. They need to hear the, the Carrie who says all of that. Let's lay it to the side and let's just focus on the kids. And we need to hear the Carrie that is now sending a message that he is going to be the Coach Barksdale. He is going to be the Coach Strickland in somebody else's life. And he's inviting right. all of us to do that also. 
And, uh, you know, Carrie, I, I, I applaud you, man. I want to thank you for being on the show. I can't wait to have you on again. Um, and I, I just, love you were, you're amazing. Thank you for the opportunity. You're incredible, man. You're officially off the hot seat, my brother. 